2 Kings chapter 6, verses 14 to 17. Um, these verses are on the, the front of your sheets, the paragraph at the top. Um, and Adam has also asked me to read the first sentence, um, which is the, the preamble um, to the reading. The king of Aram was angry because all his plans were being discerned prophetically by Elisha. So he sent an army to capture Elisha, who was living in Dothan. Then he, the king of Aram, sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? the servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Simon. Uh, as Ruth has already said, you should have uh, two pieces of paper in front of you. One looks a little bit like this. Uh, it's got two realms written at the top of it. Another, um, which looks a little bit like this, it's got the Christian birthright card written on it. Uh, the second of these, you'll, we're not going to really use this evening. That uh, You will note at the very bottom of this one, it's got homework. Uh, so I'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, you will use that for the homework, and we will talk about that specifically next week, although you don't need to have it with you. But I'll hand those out again next week for those who aren't here with us uh, next week. Uh, for those of you who were here last week, you're going to hear what I'm about to say already, uh, and I'm going to say it for the next couple of weeks, because we reckon that some people come once in every sort of three or four uh, weeks, and so they might not hear me say this. I won't say it for every week, I promise. Uh, our teaching for the rest of this term is going to be following the Living Free course, which we've run here as a church uh, a couple of times now. Some of you will have done that with us. There will be handouts for sessions. Um, one day, this will turn into a beautiful booklet that gets handed to you at the beginning of the course and you get for the whole of it. I am not a competent administrator, um, and as of yet, I've not got this to the point where I'm happy with it because I keep making mistakes. The first mistake is that, as Simon pointed out, the first two lines uh, at the front there are not scripture. They are context for the scripture. Uh, it is from scripture, it is accurate, uh, but it isn't scripture. Uh, the scripture begins with, then he, and in the brackets, the king of Aram isn't technically in the Bible, uh, but that's who it's referring to, sent horses and blah, 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 blah. Um, so uh, I will amend that for next time. There's another er error on the sheet, which is, again, my fault, uh, which I'll fix. One day, I will get to the point where I'm happy with it and we'll get nice booklets, but I'm afraid today is not that day. Um, the course is meant for the teaching to follow on each and every week. Uh, and so if you miss a week, uh, it would be really great if you had a chance to listen to the podcast at some point before you came uh, to the next session, more so than we would normally ask you to do uh, with a, um, a sermon series. Because each week, uh, the, the sessions will build on the previous sessions, and I will expect you to understand some of the things I've said from the previous weeks, if that makes sense. This evening, we're thinking about two realms, and the main 
point of this evening is to give us a language to speak about the rest of uh, the course. Uh, but yeah, as I say, if you do miss anything, do try and catch up. And I will be doing the majority of the teaching. I, in fact, said last week that I'll be doing all of the teaching. That's not strictly true. Uh, you may be pleased to hear. Um, in three weeks' time, Stuart Lees, who is Vicar of Christ Church in Fulham, um, I'll talk about him a little bit later in one of uh, the things I'll tell you, uh, is coming to speak all day. He'll be speaking morning and evening, um, and uh, he'll be following this course as well on the 19th of May. I think that's all the notices I need to give. Uh, let's uh, pray just before we begin to sp- uh, hear this. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it speaks to us afresh each and every day. And Lord, as we come and look at your word together, I pray that you would open our eyes, as you did with Elisha's servant, that we might see more of your kingdom at work, that we might know more of the reality of what it is to live in two realms. And Lord, would you speak to us afresh? Would you help us to know that you are here by your presence? And would you protect this space, I pray? So draw near to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as I say, we're beginning by thinking about the idea of living in two realms uh, at the same time. The natural realms, the things we see around us, uh, and the spiritual realms. Now, uh, many of you will have mobile phones in your pockets or in your bags or somewhere around, and each of them will have signal on them, and they'll have to be transmitting data to and from those phones. Uh, it's transmitting those waves, those phones. We cannot see, but we know that they are there. This is true also of the spiritual realms. We cannot, in our natural eyes at least, see what's going on around us, but the spiritual realms surround us completely. The servant in the passage that Simon's just read to us, had looked out and seen this army coming against him and had only been able to see what was going on in the natural realms. And in the natural realms, the numbers of people coming against them were far greater than those who were with them. And God opened the servant's eyes and he was able to see all of the resources of heaven that were on uh, Elisha's side as well. Now, most of us are wired just like the servant. Most of us are focused on what's going on with what we can see and touch or feel and, uh, and hear and smell. We don't often necessarily see what's going on in the spiritual realms beyond us. Fairy stories have tapped in to this idea of there being more over uh, the years. You go through the wardrobe to Narnia on the other side, or Harry Potter, or The Matrix, or any other number of stories speak to this knowledge that we have somewhere deep inside of us that there is more going on than perhaps we recognize. And the New Testament talks about these heavenly realms uh, quite a lot, actually. Uh, We could call them spiritual realms. I've written a few references there uh, from Ephesians 
One of the reasons you've got these sheets is because it's not my intention to show you all of these Bible references. I promise you the scripture is correct. Uh, I've put the references there for you to go home and check them for yourselves. Please do so and challenge me if you think I'm wrong. Uh, But uh, it's not my intention for me to read Bible verse after Bible verse after Bible verse. As you see as we go through, there's a lot of scripture uh, this evening. But you could look at those particular Ephesians scriptures and you'll see it refers to the spiritual realms on a number of uh, occasions. At the bottom of your sheet, you were supposed to have a Venn diagram. Again, my administration has failed me, uh, and the Venn diagram hasn't appeared. I've drawn one, but I think we've actually got one on the website. There you are, on the website, whatever that thing's called. What's that? Screen. That's the one. Um, This might help you understand this uh, this idea of being both in the natural and the spiritual as well. Uh, And alternatively, this is a well-worn analogy at St. Paul's, uh, but I have a sponge and a a vase of water. This represents the world, the natural things that we see all around us. This represents the spirit world, the spiritual realms uh, that we don't necessarily see around us. And the natural realms are completely immersed in the spiritual realms. There is no part of the natural realm that isn't uh, surrounded and covered by what's going on in the spiritual realms. Very wet hand now. So who are in the spiritual realms? Let's just uh, turn over onto the second page. Who's in the heavenly realms? I'm not, again, as I say, going to go through all of those references. Uh, You can look them up in your own time if you would like to. Uh, God is obviously uh, in the spiritual realms. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. At the center of all that there is, there is an eternal relationship of love. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is the creator Everything else that is in this natural and in the, in the spiritual realms is created. In the spiritual realms, we have angels and archangels. We have worshipping angels. We have messenger angels. Think of Gabriel um, at Christmas. We have warrior angels. If you've been to Coventry Cathedral, St. Michael's Cathedral, you'll see St. Michael uh, attached uh, in statue form to the side of it over a defeated Satan. Warrior angels as well. We see reference to all of those. Tragically, we read uh, that uh, one of the angels, one of the worshipping angels, Lucifer, um, rebelled against heaven and wanted to be worshipped himself. And so was cast out of heaven uh, and all of the demonic forces cast out with him. Revelation tells us there was war in heaven when this happened. So the cast list of the spiritual realms includes all of the the good angels, but also the demonic work of Satan and his fallen angels. Now, trying to get your head around exactly how this fits and trying to see the exact spiritual picture is nearly impossible. We don't see the video of what's going on, just like Elisha did on that morning very often. We sometimes do, but not often. Now, this list here are all powerful are all intelligent beings. They have their own desire for good or for evil. The purpose of the good ones, I've written them there, is, um, is to protect, to guide, to prepare the way, to fight in the dynamic realms, to minister to believers, it's, and is powerful. The purpose of the evil ones um, are to steal, to kill, and destroy. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10, 10, Jesus came to give us life, that we might have life to its full. You may remember um, that as well. 
getting our head around this and the realities of what's going on around us can be quite daunting and quite difficult. It doesn't need to be, if I'm honest. Uh, just this week, I was chatting uh, with Katie, who's a teacher in a local primary school, and she was talking to one of her pupils. I've asked her to tell us uh, what happened with that, so if you, I said I'd give her some warning to get up here, because she's a bit slower at walking than she used to be um, at the moment, for obvious reasons. But Katie, why don't you tell us what happened in that conversation, what the two people said to you? Um, yes, so um, I, one of my roles at my school is to prepare children for their first Holy Communion. Um, it's a Catholic school. And uh, this girl, seven years old, <laughs> said, um, I'm just not sure. I just, I'm not sure I can do this, which is unheard of. None of the children I've ever taught question whether they should take their first Holy Communion. And, um, and she said, I just, I'm not able to chat to God at the moment. I feel like something's getting in the way and I think it's the devil and um, I was like okay um, <laughs> not sure what to do with this uh, so I offered to pray for her and I did which was really cool um, and then the next day she came back and she was like Mrs T it's worked I can talk to God again and I feel now like I'm ready to make this commitment in my faith so that was just really cool fantastic she's 10 7 7 well uh, is she available to do this talk <laughs> should be fantastic. That's basically the point I'm getting at. The evil one does exist, but we don't need to be afraid of him. Um, I've written some verses here. The, the, the devil is a defeated foe. Colossians uh, 2, verses 13 and 15, to 15. I will read this. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your faith, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away and nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them, by the cross. In the Roman world, a public spectacle was what the Romans did when they conquered a new country. Um, they would take the kings and the generals of that country and they would be paraded throughout Rome and humiliated. And St. Paul says that the resurrection of Christ means that the devil is a defeated foe. We've made a public spectacle of him. Now, it's not quite as simple as that in, our realis in, in, in how we live today. Because the devil's time is certain, the end of his time is certain, but he still, at the moment, has power until the final end comes. I've often heard it described as the difference between D-Day and VE Day or VJ Day in the, in Second World, in the Second World War. D-Day is noted by historians as the day when the, the victory was certain. But yet there were still battles going on until VE Day or VJ Day when the, when the war was won. We live in this time between the cross and the resurrection and the time when Christ will come again. The end of the war, if you, might, if you like. There is still fighting going on in the spiritual realms. There's still battles and there are still casualties as a result of it. But the end is not in doubt. Not only is the evil one defeated, but we have also been rescued. These verses, again, from Colossians. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. We don't belong to the devil's empire. 
We're part of God's kingdom. I'll talk more about that next week. But God has got us and we are completely safe in his kingdom. When we baptize people here, which we'll do uh, next week, we give them a candle to symbolize them moving into this kingdom of light. We're not in the kingdom of darkness. We're in the kingdom of light. Uh, 1 John uh, 4 verse 4. You dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. That light resides in us. God lives in us. I'll talk again, as I say, a bit more about that next week. But it could say that uh, God is infinitely greater than the one who is in the world. Jonathan um, often talks about the fact that he was told at university, you can't wrestle uh, with the devil. And uh, when he was at university, he was like, oh, surely you can wrestle with the devil. He said, no, it's like trying to wrestle with a ladybird. God is so much infinitely bigger than, um, sorry, you can, God can't, God is infinitely bigger than the devil. It's like God wrestling with a ladybird. And Jesus gives us authority in the spiritual realms. And Stuart will begin to talk about that in about three weeks' time. But I just wonder what this means for us, this idea of the fact that there are two realms, that there's so much more uh, going on. Well, first and foremost, we need to learn to ask new questions. We need to ask God to tell us what's going on in any given situation. When something happens to us, we don't simply necessarily accept that thing as happening. We ask God, is there something more going on here in the spiritual realms? Stuart, as I say, he's coming to talk in a couple of weeks. He's in fact my uh, mentor, if that's the right word, or whatever, spiritual director, something. Uh, and I go and see him every sort of eight weeks or so. And I was due to see him about eight weeks ago, maybe seven weeks ago. And um, I'd been really well up until the day I was due to see him. And I woke up on the morning I was due to see him and I was really, really poorly. Like really didn't feel like I could get out of bed sort of poorly. Proper man flu. And uh, it was awful. And so I phoned him and I said, I'm really sorry, Stuart. I'm really unwell. I can't, I can't come and see you today. Uh, can we rearrange? And he said, yeah, that's fine. I've got a time about three weeks. Is that all right? And we arranged for three weeks' time. And I, I went back to bed and, I, and the next day I felt better. And a few days later I was feeling better again. And it's absolutely fine until three weeks came by. And again on that morning when I was due to see Stuart, again, I felt really, really unwell. And unfortunately, I'd like to say that what I did there was I went, oh, this is spiritual attack. I'll pray against this straight away. But what I did, in fact, do was I phoned Stuart and I said, Stuart, I'm really sorry. I'm really unwell. Um, it's really strange, actually, because I was really unwell three weeks ago when I was supposed to see you. And then I've been really well for the last three weeks. And then just weirdly today, I'm feeling unwell again. Stuart, fortunately, has been living this for a lot longer than I have. And through that conversation, he said, mm, have you prayed about this? Perhaps maybe something's coming against you in the, in the spiritual realm, stopping you uh, perhaps from being able to leave the house. So I, we did, I did, and I began already, almost immediately to feel better. By the time I got to the train station, I was well enough to get on the train, and I, I got down to London. And I thought, hmm, that was a bit weird, uh, wasn't it? Maybe it was a spiritual attack after all. And I have gone to see Stuart now probably 20, 30 times since I've uh, been seeing him regularly. And I've never once had a problem on the journeys there. And as I uh, was having these thoughts on the tube going across London, the tube stopped just outside Fulham Broadway. And the tube driver said, I'm really sorry, everybody, um, we seem to have hit a red signal, and I've just spoken to the signalman, and we're going to be here for about an hour and a half, two hours, whilst they shut down all the lines and get people to come and fix it. And I was like, oh. 
I've managed to make it here, and now I've sat on a tube. Now, fortunately, because of those conversations, thoughts I was having, I thought, I'm going to pray about this again. And I prayed, and within a couple of minutes, the guy said, actually, we've managed to fix the problem really quickly. We'll be going in about two minutes' time, just to let you know. Now, of course, it could be coincidence that I was ill on both of those occasions. It could be coincidence that that red, 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 traffic, that red lights happen on the underground, I am told by people that use them a lot, happen quite regularly. It could be coincidence. William Temple very famously said, uh, Archbishop of Canterbury, very famously said, when I pray, coincidences happen. When I don't pray, they don't happen. Now, of course, we need to ask, open this, the idea of what today is to get us to open our eyes and to ask God, would you t- help us to understand if there is more going on here than we can see? We see this in scripture as well. I've written uh, a couple of verses there from Luke's gospel where Judas betrays Jesus. Famous verse there where Judas betrays Jesus. We see what's going on in the spiritual realms, the source of that betrayal. Luke 22 verse 3 says, Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. It was the work of the evil one that was going on in that situation. Now, I've put some questions at the bottom here that uh, you might want to think about this week, um, and and it might help you to start to ask these questions. Is this just what's going on in the natural? Is this just me being ill? Is this just uh, me being angry or annoyed? Or is there something coming against me uh, this week? Now, I've said we don't need to be fearful. We need to understand that God lives in us and we have uh, the ability to both see what's going on, God can reveal that to us, and to respond to it in prayer, to to pray against things uh, that happen. About a year ago, just over, just over a year ago, uh, the church bought new microphones. Uh, you may have noticed, you probably haven't. Um, and uh, we'd had them about a month or so, and we had on the, on the PA team a guy called Mike, who's uh, one of our uh, PA team who's been doing it for a very long time. And uh, Ruth was speaking, Jonathan was leading the service, and I was just floating, as I sometimes do. It's quite a nice service. And uh, Ruth began to speak, and the brand new microphone that she was using started to cut out. Every sort of third word, which we couldn't hear. It was really very odd. And Mike was spending a lot of time sort of pulling his hair out slightly, trying to work out what was going on with the microphone. No reason for it to happen at all. Ruth, I think, moved to the lectern mic and uh, continued with preaching eventually. During the break, this was the morning services when we had the two services. During the break, Mike said, well, I know what I'll do because I'll try and work out what it is. We'll swap microphones. So Jonathan's microphone, which had worked perfectly in the first service, was given to Ruth. And Ruth's microphone was given to to Jonathan. And we thought, well, that'll solve it. That's fine. Jonathan then, for the second service, managed to speak without interruption, without the microphone dropping out at all. And Ruth, as she began to speak again, exactly the same thing happened again. And I said, hmm, that's a bit strange, isn't it? And so I prayed and I said, Lord, is there something more happening in this space at this time? And I sensed that actually there was an attack coming against Ruth in the spiritual realms. And so I prayed, because we have authority to pray, and I prayed against her. And the moment, oh, against her, against the attack, not against her. Um, <laughs> she was speaking very well. Um, against the attack. The moment I began to pray against what was going on, it stopped. And for, this was about three minutes into her talk. For the next 27 minutes or so of her talking, it didn't happen again. And, for, and then she preached again in the evening. And in the evening, I just started at the very beginning and, pray, and prayed all the way through her talk. It didn't happen again. Again, could be coincidence. 
When I pray, coincidences happen. When I don't pray, coincidences don't. Now, we're all called to have a ministry that looks like Jesus' ministry on the earth. This is one of the key fundamental things that we will look at as we go through this course together. Jesus had a 100% success rate in the things that he did. When he healed people, he had a 100% success rate in healing people. He had a perfect relationship with the Father, and he could discern what was going on in the natural realms as well as in the spiritual realms. If I uh, were to suddenly get a really painful foot, having done nothing, it might be wise for me to pray, Lord, is this something coming against me in the spiritual realms or is this just uh, something in the natural? If I were to go to that chair and kick it really hard, most of us would agree that that was something going on in the natural realms. Maybe there was something spiritual and stupid going on in my head, but it was a natural thing. Not everything is spiritual attack. Jesus was able to discern perfectly what was natural and what was spiritual. He was able to do that because of his perfect relationship with Father God, which we don't have, but the closer that we get to that relationship, the more we will be able to discern what's going on. If my relationship was better with God, then in that first service when Ruth was struggling with her microphone, I would have heard him say, pray, um, probably. But in fact, it took me a little bit longer to hear God speak to me on that occasion. Now, I could tell you lots uh, more stories about things that I've, uh, I've seen. We could look at far more scripture. There is an awful lot of scripture in here uh, for you to read through uh, in your own time. The reality is that the Bible is full of the fact that we live in these two realms at the same time. The wonderful physical world that we see around us, which God's made and we have spoilt. And again, I'll talk a bit about that next week. And the spiritual realms where God is, where the angels worship. If you want to find some scripture to begin to think about this even more, read, read Job. Uh, the book of Job is a good place to start to see this at work. I just want to think about, for a final uh, thing to think about, in this world, in this part of the world, we are very scientific in our approach. We are often very unspiritual in our approach, I think. There are other parts of the world that are fully aware of what's going on in, in the spiritual realms. There are parts of the world where if somebody uh, exhibits sim uh, symptoms of illness, their first question is, what is this? Is this God? Is this, is this uh, the devil coming against you? Is this something in the spiritual realms or is this in the natural? I think we're far more scientific and far more reliant in this country, perhaps, on our rational and scientific brains rather than perhaps opening our eyes to see what's going on. I have a friend, a close friend, who's a vicar elsewhere in the country, who I sat with just about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, who told me that he doesn't think that the devil exists and that he doesn't need to be concerned with him. I think that's one of the devil's greatest tricks, that he has tricked the church in the West to believing that he is at best irrelevant and perhaps at worst non-existent. So I wonder where you are on this. I wonder where you were when you came in the building this evening. Maybe you were closer to my friend um, who doesn't think that we need to worry about what's going on in the spiritual realms, that it doesn't exist, it's not really happening. Maybe you are a bit further ahead. Maybe you've seen stuff going on. Where are you? I'll just give you a moment to think about that.
think there are two things I'd like to say before we uh, finish. First is um, a quote from C.S. Lewis. You might know uh, C.S. Lewis. I'm sure you will. Most, I wouldn't be a Christian preacher if I wasn't quoting him in some way or another. Um, uh, C.S. Lewis famously said that when we become aware of the spiritual realms, particularly when we become aware of the devil, we make one of two errors. Either we underestimate or we overestimate. If we underestimate, we don't think it's important. We do perhaps like my friend does and just ignore what's going on. If we overestimate we perhaps get too involved in some of the things that we see uh, going on out in the world. It can be very dangerous indeed. The danger is not to, we're not to overestimate the work of the devil. We're not to underestimate either. I'd like to finish by just telling you um, my uh, testimony of, uh, from ill health, uh, which some of you will have heard before. I'm sorry if you have. Uh, but about uh, 15, 20 years ago, I was diagnosed uh, with depression. I was, went to a doctor, and uh, they said, go on these tablets, uh, they'll make you feel better. And uh, they invariably did. And most people who have any experience of depression will know it's sort of peaks and troughs, even when you're on, on tablets. Uh, and I was a Christian at the time, and I went to every um, Christian conference I could find, particularly conferences where there were people with healing ministries going on, and I went for prayer because I was convinced that God could heal what was going on in me. And uh, nothing happened. For years and years, I struggled with this depression, and no point did I see any healing in any of these conferences. People, big, big names in healing in these conferences were preaching, and I would still see nothing happening at all. And I went to see some really close friends of mine, uh, elderly friends that live actually not very far away from here, although I lived away from them at the time. And um, they are probably my least charismatic friends. Um, they are my most Anglo-Catholic friends. Uh, they would be most more, much more comfortable uh, in that setting than they would perhaps in a charismatic church. And they asked how the depression was, and uh, I told them that as it was, it was particularly bad at that time. I was particularly uh, low. And they normally just uh, were very nice and lovely and, you know, oh, I'm very sorry about that. Uh, but the guy of the, of the couple said, oh, just before you go, Adam, I'd love to, to just pray for you, if that's all right. Uh, I said, yeah, of course. So they did. And he said, um, Holy Spirit, would you come? Those were the first words that he prayed. And as he said those words, what felt like a rucksack lifted from my back. And in that moment, the depression was gone. That's 10 years ago, and say for one experience, which I'll talk about in a second, I have not experienced uh, depression again. Now, I, I tell you that because that was a natural illness in me, but God was able to intervene and to heal. Now, in the meantime, I was taking medication, I was following the advice of the doctor, and even though I felt this weight come off me and knew that it had gone, I still took the advice of the doctor in coming off the medication that I was on at the time. I say all of those things, uh, just in case that you've heard that this evening. Be careful to be following both what God, what, uh, what God says, but also what the doctors say. It's all part of God's healing. I say that I haven't experienced it save one occasion, because about five years ago, I gave that testimony in a church setting uh, in Nailsey, where we were worshipping at the time in Somerset. And uh, despite knowing all of this stuff, uh, I didn't pray about it before I gave the testimony. Before I came to talk to you this evening, I prayed quite a lot. Um, 
And I thought, well, this is part of the story. I'll tell this story. It's fantastic. God's healed me. Way fantastic. I walked over the threshold of the church to go home that evening, and the depression hit me like a ball, a big ball of something, some big boulder falling again on my shoulders. Five years had gone by, and I hadn't experienced any depression. And five minutes earlier, ten minutes earlier, I'd just shared that testimony with a church family. Fortunately, I had been doing enough of this to go, I'm not convinced on this occasion it is physical health. And so I prayed against what was coming against me in the spiritual realms, and that disappeared. Now, those are two different stories, related stories, because I knew what one felt like because of, because of the other. On that occasion, it was spiritual attack which was coming against me. The key that I'd like you to understand this evening is to do as I did, which is to open your eyes and to go, Lord, would you show me what's going on in the spiritual realms? Is this thing that's happening to me just happening? And it may just be, as I said, for 10, for 10, 5, 15 years or so, however long it was, I suffered with the physical condition of depression. I needed the help of medical teams. But on that occasion, it was spiritual, and the Lord needed to intervene. I'm going to give us just a minute or two of quiet again, just to think about where we are. And if you're very aware of what I've been talking about this evening, maybe just ask the Lord to open your eyes afresh. If this is new to you, maybe ask him to open your eyes uh, for the first time. Perhaps the band will come back as we have this quiet together.